all across America, there is a cry being made. There's a lament being made for justice. The question for all of us today is, can we hear it? Can you hear that cry? Or do we choose to ignore it? Do we choose to move to the next story? Do we choose to go about business as usual? Here's the thing. If we listen closely, if we listen carefully, we not only hear the voice and the cry of an oppressed people, we not only hear the, the, the cry and the voice of a marginalized people, we will actually hear the very heart of God. Remember, O oh Lord, what has befallen us. Look and see our disgrace. Our inheritance has been turned over to strangers, our homes to foreigners. We have become orphans, fatherless. Our mothers are like widows. We must pay for the water we drink, the wood we, we, we get we must, must be bought. Our pursuers are at our necks. We are weary. We are given no rest. The text I just read is from Lamentations 5. And, and this book um, documents the very anguish and pain of the people of Israel as they saw the, the, their beautiful city of Jerusalem destroyed and taken over by the powerful um, empire of Babylon. And one of the things we, we, we ought to understand about this book is that it, it was a way for them to express what they were experiencing, a way to express their pain and their anguish. But it was also a form of protest. It was their way of protesting to God and protesting to others around them. And as they did, they, 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 were, they, they, they were expressing the very fact that what's happening to them is not right. That the world as it is, is not as it should be. And this very chapter, in chapter 5, was not only a protest, but it was actually a corporate protest. It was a communal protest, meaning that it, uh, it, it involved the entire community coming together to express pain and sorrow and anger. The last, um, the events of the last couple of weeks um, just made me just want to pivot this sermon um, away from the, the, the sermon series we've been looking at to kind of talk about what is God calling us to? What is God, what's happening? What is God calling us to do as his people, as his children? And I think one of the things he wants us to learn, probably one of the things we, the first step we can take is actually part to participate in this corporate lament, participate in this communal protest, and, and this is not, I'm not saying that, it's, uh, that I'm condoning violent protests. This is not what I'm trying to say at all. I'm saying that God is calling us to, to, to lament, to cry out to Him. 
and to cry out to others who are around us, to begin conversations with people around us. Again, you know, you might know that what has happened in the last weeks with Brianna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd and, and Christian Cooper, these are not some isolated events. Um, these are events connected to a tragic history of racial prejudice and racial violence in this country. And since it started, there's been a cry that has been made. There's, it's been, there's been a protest that has been going on for hundreds of years. And while no one denies the, 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 the steps that have been made uh, to its progress, no one should, however, deny that, that we still have a long way to go. Since this country started, since the formation of this country, you know, it's clear that black lives and bodies have been exploited for the profitization of this country. And one of the, 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 the uh, uh, sad reality is that even Christianity um, was co-opted to further the purpose of this empire. Jamar Tisby writes in his book, The Color of Compromise, that Christianity served as a force to help construct racial categories in the colonial period. A corrupt message that saw no contradiction between the brutalities of bondage and the good news of salvation became the norm. Instead of highlighting the dignity of all human beings, European missionaries told Africans that Christian Christianity should make them more obedient and loyal to their earthly masters. Now, let's sit, let that sit with you for a second. The Christian message was corrupted in order to dehumanize and numb people um, and make them loyal subjects of their masters. There was a version of Christianity that, that did not allow um, Africans to see the dignity of their humanity, the dignity that God himself had bestowed upon them. You know, honestly, I wonder if that's the case even now. That there is an American Christianity that we have embraced that allows us not to see the dignity of black lives, that allows us just to ignore the atrocities and the racial violence against black lives. I wonder if there is an American Christianity that has led us to be comfortable within the confines of our homes and silenced um, and kept us silenced by the, by the illusions of our security, unable to speak against the atrocities against black lives and many people of color. 
I wonder if American Christianity has taught us to uh, embrace um, the, the pursuit of happiness, the pursuit of, of wealth, of individual wealth, the pursuit of exceptionalism, and, and, and at the same time, uh, neglect the cry and the lament of an oppressed people. I wonder if American Christianity has undermined our moral compass, that much of the church today is silent. Silent on the mishandling of the pandemic, much of which has disproportionately affected people of color. I think American Christianity has taught us simply to be concerned about reopening our churches, forgetting about the people that have lost their lives, forgetting about the people that have lost their lives in the last 400 years. I'm reminded again of that last verse. Our pursuers are on our necks. We are weary. We are given no rest. And one, that's one of the things I've been hearing a lot from folks. It's one of the things that I've been feeling, feeling tired and tired and just tired of the same old story. Tired of the same racial violence. My friends, we can no longer ignore the cry of our people. Our faith in Jesus does not allow us to ignore or neglect the cry of an oppressed people. Because we need to hear people, we need to hear them saying how tired they are of the empire profiting on their, on their backs, brutalized by the police tired of the inequalities of a system that continues to neglect them. Tired because their lives don't seem to matter. As we continue to hear about George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Amon Arbery, and the many lives lives that have been lost to racial violence. Now with all that's been happening and going on, with all the protests and um, I know many Christians, um, some might be protesting, but some of us might be asking like, what, what can we do now? Like what can we actually do to make a better world, to rid of racial violence, to rid of racial prejudice. What can we do? And that's an important question to ask. But I think oftentimes we rush to, we rush to, to, to find um, exceptional solutions um, 
And in the end, what we end up doing is enabling that same American disease of, uh, of moving past the lament and the cry and um, moving to something we can celebrate. When at this very moment, what needs to be done is to cry and to lament. I think this is the very first step we need, is that we uh, um, offer up a communal lament to God and to those around us. And this week, you know, part of our, our prayer focus is, is to pray, is to lament, is to pray against and, and, and what was, what's happening in our country, and is to offer up a cry to God on behalf of, 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 of a people. Raising up a corporate protest to God, to those around us. You know, in Ephesians 2, um, Paul talks about how Christ, um, who is our peace, broke down the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. And, and his purpose in doing that was to create in himself this one humanity, meaning like by the very death and resurrection of Jesus, Jesus uh, the, the, it, it provided a way for reconciliation between two groups, between uh, um, uh, uh, different cultures and backgrounds, that we have become this one humanity in Christ. So that by, by so doing, the, the, the pain and the anger of one group is the pain and the anger of all. The celebration of one group is the celebration of all. That we mourn together, that we cry together in Christ, in Jesus. And here's the thing that even as we come together and as we make that corporate lament, that corporate protest, it is not in vain. In Lamentations 5 verse 13, uh, verse 19, it says this, it says, But you, O Lord, reign forever. Your throne endures to all generations. Pointing to the sovereignty of God, our hope and, and, and our reliance in God who is in control, who holds all things together. But then it goes on to, 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 say, to, to say this in verse 20. Why do you forget us forever? Why do you forsake us for so many days? Restore us to yourself, O Lord, that we may be restored. Renew our days as of old, unless you have utterly rejected us and you remain exceedingly angry with us. This is how it ends. It ends in this uncertainty, in this question, is, is this it? Are we stuck like this forever? And often I have that question. Maybe you have that question. Are we stuck with this um, uh, 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 the, the sin of 
racial uh, uh, in, uh, inequality or racial violence in our world? Is this how it's going to be forever? And in many cases, in many ways, it feels like that's what it is. Like, this is how it's going to be. There is no way out of this. This is an impossible battle. And often I, I feel like retreating and resigning and just, yeah, this, uh, this is how it's just going to be. Then I'm reminded of Ephesians 6, 12, where, 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 where Paul opens our eyes to see this, that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Meaning the battle that we are fighting, there is a, there is a cosmic battle be, be, behind it. That there is a spiritual ba battle behind it. And that there are forces of evil that are uh, uh, at work to the, causing these, these divisions and these inequities in our world. However, while there is a power of evil, we also know that the power of God has overcome, that Christ himself has overcome. In Colossians um, 2 verse 15, um, the writer says he has, Christ has disarmed the rulers and the authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing, triumphing over him, uh, over them in Christ. Meaning that as Christ himself um, risen, who has risen from the dead, who has overcome death, he has disarmed the rulers and the authorities and the forces of evil. Their days are numbered. Their days are numbered because he has disarmed them. Christ has crushed the power of evil. And while it has not completely, he has not completely rid our world of, 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 of all evil, evil, uh, the, the rulers and the forces of darkness have been disarmed. So my friends, we don't have to retreat. We don't have to resign. We can keep pressing forward. We can keep moving forward knowing that Christ is with us even through these dark days. Christ goes before us. My prayer, my friends, is that we, as we um, um, fully uh, accept the work of Jesus Christ in our lives, that we will fully um, embrace the work that Jesus has given us even to, to others around us. That he has called us to, to love, um, not, to, not only to love God with all of our hearts, but to love our neighbors just as we love ourselves. To hear the voice of the oppressed, to hear the cry of the oppressed, because this is God's very heart. In Psalm 34, it says that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. God's heart is oozing with love for the oppressed. 
He's the compassionate father that protects his vulnerable ones. My friends, I hope that even today that this, we can take this very step in entering into, into this corporate lament with our brothers and our sisters, with our friends and our neighbors who are oppressed by the, the, the injustices of our society. Knowing that we don't have to retreat, as it says in Romans 8.37, and in, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor uh, no, no height, no depth, no racists, no, no, no um, prejudice systems, nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And for this reason, we press on, we move forward, and we cry out to God and lament in pain, in anger, in anguish, knowing that He will answer us. Amen.